Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. This is uh, week number five of our series on the Ten Commandments, the Ten Great Words for Life, where we are really taking a fresh look at the Ten Commandments and how they really apply to our lives. Um, This week, we are going to be in dealing with commandment number four, which is understanding what is the Sabbath. God commanded that the Sabbath was to be honored, the Sabbath was to be taken, and the Sabbath would be holy. We're going to actually spend two weeks in this part because this is uh, such a vital topic. Um, I'm going to preach this week, and Pastor Stephen is going to be preaching the next week on things that God has been showing him about what it means to take a Sabbath rest. So you don't want to miss that, be a part of, uh, of that next week. If you have a Bible, we're going to turn to Exodus chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen or on your phone or tablet. Let's read Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 11. We're going to read through the first four commands that God has given. Here's what it says. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord. That is Adonai in the Hebrew language. I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Now, we have talked about this. We've talked about the importance of this part of the message, that this is what sets the story and the stage and the context for all of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments, the flow of the story is this, God set you free. God set the Israelites free. Therefore, as a result of him setting them free, he wants us to be committed in the same way to him. The Ten Commandments are the commitment. It is the change of our hearts that we are giving back to God as a result of him setting us free. He did that for the Israelites in the Old Testament. He has done that for the believer in Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus came to be the fulfillment. We, we've, I've heard before this kind of thought process that the Old Testament is is gone. We don't listen to the Old Testament. The Old Testament is done. It is closed. That could not be further from the truth. The Old Testament is written by the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word and his principles apply. Jesus came not to do away with the law, but not to abolish it, but to be the fulfillment of it. What the Old Testament means or what the law is today to us, it's not the thing that saves us like it would have the people in the time of the Old Testament. The law does not save us. However, if you keep the law, there is a blessing that comes out of that. The Ten Commandments really are blessings in our lives if we allow God to write them on our heart and we start living them out in our lives. So the result of being set free is this, I want you to have no other gods before me. I want to be number one in your life. I want to be the God whom you serve in your life. Also, you shall not make for yourself a graven image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or on the earth below or in the water underneath the earth. Do not bow down to them. Do not let anyone make you serve them. For I, Adonai, your God, am a jealous God, bringing the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But... 
showing loving kindness to thousands of generations of those who love me and keep my commands, my mitzvot. You must not take the name of Adonai your God in vain. This was last week. For Adonai will not hold him guiltless that takes his name in vain. Remember Yom Shabbat. What is Yom? Yom means day of. In Hebrew, Shabbat is what we are going to be talking about. That is the Sabbath. In Hebrew, Yom Shabbat. Remember the day of Sabbath. To keep it holy. You are to work six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Shabbat to Adonai your God. In it, you shall, do, you shall not do any work, not you, not your son, not your daughter, not your male servant, your female servant, your cattle, nor the outsider that is within your gates. For in six days, Adonai made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Thus, Adonai blessed the day of Sabbath, Yom Shabbat, and made it holy. This is incredible things that we are learning about the Ten Commandments. The first the commandment that we looked at, the title of the message was called Undivided Allegiance. Now, what that was about is whom in my life will I worship? We all worship something. Everyone in the world worships something. For some, they worship a false god and a false religion. They're engaged in a cultish practice. For some, the thing that they worship is just themselves. For some, they are worshiping this concept and this idea of science or evolution or whatever it is. Everybody worships something. God's saying this, you need to worship me. I have to be the God of your life. So the first decision we make is, who will I worship? Week number two, or, the, or, or, or commandment number two, was entitled Undiminished Worship. And what that had to do with is who then is going to sit on the throne of my heart. I ask God into my heart, I ask him into my life, but there's a throne in my heart, and I have to make a decision, who will sit on that throne? Will I sit on the throne? Will something else sit on the throne? Or will God sit on the throne of my heart? Will he really be king of kings and lord of lords over my life? I know for many that was very convicting because there were many who said, you know, God is in my life, but I haven't let him be king of my life. He is in my heart. I want to worship him, but I have not given him lordship over my life. I am sitting on the throne, and I need to get off of it and allow God to sit on the throne of my heart. Commandment number three, last week, we looked at the message called Untarnished Name. And what that was about was, how will I represent the God who sits on the throne of my heart. What kind of a representation will I be for God as I go about the culture, as I lead my family, as I'm married, as I go to my job? What kind of a representative will I be for God? Today, the message is titled this, it is Unhindered Rest. And what we're going to look at today is how do I rest in and relate to the God who, has, who is seated on the king, uh, as the king of my heart, the one who is seated on the throne of my heart, how do I rest in him, the God whom I serve? Let's pray as we get into this. Father, I pray that you would help us today to understand this truth. This is not a truth that has just magically gone away, that we don't have to pay attention to. This is a principle for life, Lord, that you have given to us for us to be blessed. 
Lord, we are in a blessed position when we keep these commandments, when they are written on our hearts. It changes everything about our lives. So Lord, help us today to learn about your principles and your truth and your decrees. Help us to learn about the consequences of rejecting the Sabbath and help us to learn about the blessings of keeping a Sabbath in our lives. Lord, teach us now. Show us your truth. And for all that you're going to do, we will give you the praise and the thanks for that is what you deserve. You are our king and we bow before you and serve you with all of our hearts. It's in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. This idea of unhindered rest is, but this message is not for you. This message is for me. I just want you to know this. This is a message that I feel like is a personal message that I am preaching at myself today because I have a hard time resting. Can any of you relate to that? You have a hard time just resting, stopping, quieting yourself. Psalm 4610 that God says, be still and know that I am the Lord. How many of you have a hard time just being still, just resting in who he is? The fourth commandment, the commandment dealing with the Sabbath, is really the only commandment that Christians today disregard and give absolutely no thought to. Most of the other commandments we really agree with and we want to keep those things in our lives. I don't want to have any other God. I want God to sit on the throne of my heart. I don't ever want to take his name in vain. I don't want uh, lying, stealing. I don't want adultery or murder. We all kind of agree with those. But the fourth commandment, keeping the Sabbath day holy, is the one that most Christians just completely disregard. There is a state of blessing that happens, again, when I keep the commandments of God and allow those words to be written on my heart, when I really implement the, the, the things that God has called me to implement in my life. The Old Testament is not done away with. It is fulfilled in Jesus, but it's still the same principles that God wants for us to live the best lives that we can possibly live. I don't know if any of you have heard this. You probably have. This is a common theme that, that you've heard before. But there is an acronym for the word busy. How, how many have heard this before? The acronym for the word busy is this, buried under Satan's yoke. You ever heard that before? Satan's plan in life is to do one of two things. For the unbeliever, for the one who has not committed their life to Christ, he wants to get them completely consumed with and overrun by something that is false. Whether it is a firm commitment to a false belief, a false doctrine, a false God, I will get them fully committed and fully engaged in that. That may be one of the plans. Or I'm gonna get them fully committed to a cause I'm going to get them caught up in that. I'm going to fully get them committed to a principle that is anti-God. That is one of Satan's plans. For the non-believer, it is to get people fully committed to something that is anti-God in its nature. For the Christian, the plan of Satan is to get us so distracted and so apathetic and so busy that the relationship with God is severed. You ever get so busy that you just forget about God? For many of us, our, even our devotional time in life, I would relate it to a NASCAR race. Our time with God is kind of like the NASCAR pit crew. 
You ever seen a car pull in and they jack it up as quickly as they can and they throw gas in and they, 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 they run the, the, um, the, the, to remove the, the tire thing, to remove the wheels, that whatever that. They, they do that to remove the wheels as quickly as they can. Way quicker than I'm explaining this. <laughs> And that's how they, many Christians approach their devotional time. I'll do it as quickly as I can, get it in as quickly as I can, because I've got things to do. I'm busy. I can't slow down. I can't rest. In fact, for some of us, even when we have time to rest, we can't rest. I have a book on my shelf, and the title of the book is this, When I Relax, I Feel Guilty. Can any of you relate to that? When I relax, I, so even when I have time that I could rest, I can't rest because when I relax, I feel guilty. God has given us a principle. He's given us a way to deal with this, and it is called the Sabbath. It's one day a week, and the first time that we see the word Sabbath is not here in chapter 20. In fact, we have to go back four chapters to see God's first use of the idea and the concept of the Sabbath. Let me read that for you. It's found in Exodus chapter 16, starting in verse 23, and it says this. But Moses said to them, "This is what Adonai has said. Tomorrow is a Shabbat rest. It's a Sabbath day. A holy Shabbat to Adonai. Bake whatever you would bake and boil whatever you would boil. Store up for yourselves everything that remains to be kept until morning." So they set it aside until the morning, just as Moses instructed, and it did not rot, nor were there any worms. Now, what is he talking about? When the Israelites got into the wilderness, God provided food. They would have needed, uh, a, a, I think it was, I heard the numbers, it was like a nine-mile-long train every day to feed the Israelites with the numbers that were walking around in the wilderness. They needed that much food every day to take care of them. They could not come up with food, so God provided for them every day. He provided what was called manna from heaven. They would gather the manna. You could take the manna. You could do wondrous things with the manna. You could make, uh, just eat it as a, as a wafer. You could make um, manicotti with the manna. You could make uh, banana cream pie with the manna. You could do all kinds of incredible things, just a versatile food. God would provide it for them every day. That manna that was provided was good for one day. It had a one-day expiration. You would go gather it, and by the end of the day, it would be rotten, and it would have worms, and it would smell bad. So you could not carry it over to the next day. What that meant was you had to trust God every day that he would provide every day what you actually needed. Because after a day, it would be ruined. You could not store it up. You couldn't build a pantry. You couldn't have a closet full of it. It was just every day God would provide. But something miraculous happened on the day before the Sabbath. In Jewish culture, Sabbath is Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. There was something incredible that would happen on the day during Friday before the Sabbath started. And that was this manna would be good for two days. This manna you could take, this manna you could store up, it would last for two days. God says this, I will provide for you every day. I'm not going to provide for you on the seventh day. I'm going to provide what you need in the six days. And you need to trust me every day that I am going to provide for you. So then Moses said, eat that today because today is Shabbat to Adonai. 
Today you will not find it in the field. You are to gather it for six days, but the seventh day is the day of Shabbat, Sabbath, and there will be none. Yet on the seventh day, some of the people went out, they went out to gather, and when they went out to gather, they could find none. Adonai said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my command, my mitzvot, and my Torah? God is saying, I'm going to provide for you everything that you need in six days, and then on the seventh day, I want you to rest. Now, God is not providing manna from heaven in the same way today, but God has a principle here that matters, a principle here that is going to really help us to understand what his plan is for life. What I want to look at today is just three things. I want to look first at a decree, and then I want to look at a consequence, and then I want to look at a blessing. That's all we want to look at with the Sabbath, a decree, a consequence, and a blessing. So let's look at this together. God is serious about this. God is so serious about this that it made his top 10 list. God has serious decrees, serious consequences, and serious things that he will bless us with, with the keeping of a Sabbath. So if you have a hard time resting today, like for me, this is going to be for you. Let's look again at what the command says. The command says this, remember the day, Yom Shabbat, the day of Sabbath. Remember to keep it holy. You were to work six days, do all your work, but the seventh day is a Shabbat to Adonai your God. In it you shall not do any work, not you, not your son, not your daughter, not your male servant, your female servant, not even your cows. Your cows can't work on that day, nor the outsider that is within your gates. I want to point out three words as we look at the command of God. Notice these words. The first word is this. He says, I want you to remember. Remember. This is important. Remember this plan. Remember this concept. Remember this decree that I'm giving you. Now, what does the word remember mean? It is the Hebrew word zakar, and it means be mindful of. Do not forget this. Bring it to remembrance. Don't let this just go as if this does not matter. Don't just let it go as if this doesn't apply to me. Remember this and make, make it be mindful. Do not forget this in your life. You have a hard time resting? Do not forget what God is saying. Remember this. Second word I want you to notice. He says, remember Yom Shabbat to keep it holy. I want you to keep it holy. What is this idea of holy? The word holy in the Hebrew language is the word kadash or kadosh. You're going to see it both ways if you look at the Hebrew. And it means set apart, sanctified. This is hallowed. This is sacred. This is devoted. God has a plan for us to be mindful of and remember that this day is a set apart day. It's a holy day. It's a sacred day. It is a devoted day. It is something in our lives that is to be set apart for God's glory. It's a devoted day to him. That's the second word. Notice that word holy. Remember this day. Keep it holy. Now keep going. You are to work six days. Do all your work. What, what, how could we translate that today? Do all your emails in six days. Do all your Facebook posts in six days. Do all your Instagram pictures and videos in six days. Do all your TikTok stuff in six days. Put it aside. Turn the phone off. 
because the seventh day is a holy day. It's a set-apart day. It's a sacred day. He says, this is a Shabbat. This is a Sabbath. What does the word Shabbat mean? Well, it's the Hebrew word, which means to cease, to desist, to rest, to remove, to put an end to, to take away. That's what it means. Remember, be mindful of this day. Do not forget this day. It's a sacred day to God. It's a day to stop. It's a day to rest. It's a day to desist from everything else. It's a day that is to be devoted wholly unto the Lord. That is the decree that God gave. Again, Jesus did not do away with the Sabbath, just so you know. He came not to abolish, but to fulfill he kept the Sabbath. He recognized the Sabbath. He looked at the Sabbath. He did not do away with this idea and this concept. Now, there's something behind why God would give us this. Let's look at the consequence, a consequence. Notice this. The consequence, I want to point to Exodus chapter 31. God is serious about this, and I want you to notice what this consequence is. In Exodus 31, verses 12 through 17, God shows us what the consequences are of not keeping a Sabbath. Here's what the consequences are. Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Speak now to the children of Israel, saying, Surely you must keep my Sabbath, my Shabbat, for it is a sign between me and you. This is, a, this is a relational aspect, God is saying, between me and you. It's a sign between me and you throughout your generations so that you may know that I am Adonai who sanctifies you. Therefore, you are to keep the Shabbat because it is holy for you. Now notice this. Everyone who profanes it. Now, what does the word profane mean? It means everyone who pollutes it, who desecrates it, who makes it common, who says it doesn't matter, it doesn't apply. Okay, the other nine commandments apply, but this one does not apply. Everyone who makes it common, who pollutes it, who desecrates it, look what it says, will die. That's heavy. Do you know that there are four things in the Old Testament that God had a death sentence with? There was a death sentence with adultery, with murder, with not keeping the Sabbath, and with children rebelling against their parents. Next time your kids are acting up, look at them and say, if we were in the Old Testament, you'd be dead right now. Just tell them that. Now, it's, it's not just regular disobedience. It was outright rebellion. Those four things. This is how serious God took this idea and this concept. The one who pollutes this, who does not recognize this, who does not um, hold on to this, who just makes it common, you will die. For whoever does any work during Shabbat, that soul will be cut off from the midst of his people. Work is to be done for six days, but on the Sabbath day, a Shabbat of complete rest, holy to Adonai, Whoever does any work on the Shabbat will be put to death. Now, God placed a death sentence on not keeping Sabbath. 
How does that relate to us today? We are not going to die. He's not going to strike us dead. We're not going to be taken out and killed if we don't keep this. Yet, in many ways, we are. Because many of us are working ourselves to death because we don't recognize the importance of rest in our lives. Let me give you a story of this. In his book called Take the Day Off, Receiving God's Gift of Rest, Robert Morris writes this following. I just want to read it word for word out of his book. He writes this. The reports submitted to the government of Japan simply called him Mr. A to protect his identity. Let's call him Mr. Asako. He had worked for several years at a major Japanese snack food processing company often putting in as many as 110 hours each week. Now, just to put that into perspective, that's more than two and a half 40-hour work weeks jammed into one. To log 110 hours in a week requires working nearly 16 hours a day for seven days. He did that week after week, year after year. They found Mr. Asako dead at his workstation, the victim of a heart attack. He was 34. In Japan, they call it Kuroshi. In Chinese, I can't pronounce this, but it looks like Guolaso, Olasi. I, I don't know how you pronounce it. And in Korean, it's called Guararosa. That's what it's called. All three of those cultures, they had to come up with new words, those words recently, in order to, to describe a phenomena that had been happening. In Japanese, the word karosi means literally overwork death. All three of these cultures decided that they needed this word or a word to describe what was an increasingly more common phenomena that was happening among their people. Namely, people were dropping dead due to, on the job, due to, as a result of, number one, working insane hours, number two, under intense pressure, number three, with little or no rest. Does that sound at all familiar to any of you? You are working under insane hours, under intense pressure, with little to no Rest. Do you know that in our culture, in our community, that I've heard it said that the number one health issue in our community is a lack of sleep, a lack of rest. That being tired, being so busy, not have a sleep deprivation is what the number one health issue is in our culture. It's the same that the Japanese and the Chinese and the Koreans are dealing with when it comes to this phenomena that is happening in life. So God says, if you do this, you will die. He's not even talking today in our culture about being killed, but he's talking about what we're doing to ourselves. We're killing ourselves. We're not just killing ourselves physically. We're killing our marriages. We're killing our relationships with our kids. We're killing any future that we might have. We're killing ourselves as a result of the idea and the concept of we can't step back and actually rest. In, in the Old Testament, in, in the book of Numbers, we see this event taking place. 
Notice this. Numbers chapter 15, starting in verse 32, look at this story. While the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that was gathering wood. He was gathering sticks, bundles of sticks, and he was doing so on the Shabbat. Those men who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and to Aaron and to the entire assembly. They kept him under arrest. Well, of course they kept him under arrest. He was a stick gatherer. Why wouldn't you keep him under arrest? I mean, next, next stop on the train is jaywalking, and then he's doing drugs. That's what's going to happen in his life. Got to keep him under arrest. They kept him under arrest, not being clear on what was to be done to him. Well, they knew because God had already told them what was to be done. Adonai said to Moses, the man has to die. The whole assembly is to stone him with stones outside the camp. So the whole assembly took him outside the camp. They stoned him with stones, and he died just as Adonai commanded Moses. He died because he gathered sticks? No, he died because God said, don't do this, and he did it anyway. How serious does God take this? And again, we may not be dying like this, but we are killing ourselves in many ways and we're killing our spouses and we're killing our marriage and we're killing our children and we're killing things around us because of the lack of the ability to actually rest in the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 says this. It says that the things that happened in the Old Testament were given as a warning to us. Not that those things are still going to happen today, but they're a warning. What's the warning? The warning is, if we don't take it seriously, we are going to pay the price. There's going to be a heavy consequence that is paid. When I went to seminary, it was in the, uh, the mid-90s, and I went to seminary in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And I had a professor there that I just admired the heck out of. I really looked up to him. His name was J.C. Chambers. J.C. was an incredible psychologist. He was an incredible professor. He had an incredible ability to relate to teens and youth. And he had a wonderful uh, practice of counseling with youth, but also ministry to the youth. When he was in his 30s, he had basically a physical exhaustion breakdown, mental and physical. He was, he was working that 100 hours a week. He was putting time and effort. It was seven days a week. He was always going, always going, always going, 100 miles per hour. He had this mental and physical breakdown, and he realized that he needed to step back and start to rest. And he did that for a little while. But then life began to happen again. And he got busy again, and he had demands upon him again. And he started to work 100 you know, 100 hours a week again and running 100 miles per hour everywhere he went. Incredible energy, incredible man of God, somebody that I really looked up to. 2018, he was coaching his daughter's girls' basketball team. They were at a tournament. And at the age of 58, he had a heart attack, collapsed, and died right there. And the reason for his death was overwhelming exhaustion that happened. There are consequences when we don't take God's word seriously. So the challenge to us today is this. Are you able to just sit and rest in the Lord? Are you able to take a day where you just unplug and you say, you know what? Today I'm scheduling nothing. I'm doing nothing. 
I'm not doing anything related to my job. I'm not doing anything related to work. I am going to sit and I'm going to rest and I'm going to be recreated so that I can become creative again. That's the idea behind God saying, I want you to keep this. I want to show you one third thing here, and it's the blessing, a blessing that happens when I do this. And I want to show you a story out of the New Testament with Jesus in the midst of, uh, of his ministry and how the Sabbath actually worked. Look at this. Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, there's a story. Jesus is walking with his disciples. They're walking through a grain field. And here's what it says. One Sabbath, it is on the Sabbath day, and they're walking through the grain fields. And they made their way, as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to Jesus, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And Jesus said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him? Now, again, on the Sabbath, it's not forbidden to eat. It's just forbidden to work. He says, have you not read this? Have you not understood what David did? How David entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. And he said to them, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. What is he saying? He's saying this. I didn't make you to serve the Sabbath. I made the Sabbath to serve you. It is a blessing, not a burden. It is a gift, not a requirement that, that you have to just somehow make me happy. I gave it to you to serve you. It is for your blessings. Do you know it's kind of like tithing? People who tithe know and understand that 90% with God's blessing goes further than 100% without God's blessing. You know what I mean by that? In the same way, six days of work with God's blessing goes further than seven days without God's blessing. And so here is, here is the challenge for you this week. Look at your calendar. Take a day. Mark it on your calendar. I will do nothing this day. And rest. And be refreshed. God is the God who I worship. God is the one seated on the throne of my heart. God is the one who I want to represent well. And God has given me this as a day that I can rest and be refreshed in him. We don't live in the Old Testament. You don't have to keep a Sabbath day of Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. You don't have to do that. But I would highly encourage you to find a day where you make this my Sabbath day. I try to make that day for myself on Mondays because I'm busy the rest of the week. I'm often doing stuff every other day of the week. And so I really try to make that the day that I say, okay, I'm gonna unplug and I'm gonna try to do nothing. Now, I'm not very good at it, honestly. In fact, I probably have health issues because I'm not very good at it. 
Sometimes I find that the best times of refreshment are times that Jennifer and I just go and get away. And we just, we just have that time where we do nothing. And that's, those are often the best times of refreshment. But I would highly encourage all of us, including me, or maybe most importantly, is because I'm preaching this to me, take a day where you just say, this is my Sabbath, and I'm not going to do anything. And I'm going to turn my phone off, and I'm not going to look at Facebook today, and I'm not going to look at Instagram today, and I'm definitely not going to follow the news today because that'll get my blood pressure way up there. And I'm not going to work around the house. I'm just going to do something that refreshes me. Maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's going into the mountains. Maybe it's going fishing for the day. That's okay. Maybe it's uh, doing some other hobby that you like to do. Maybe it's just having a day where you're really in God's word. Unplugging yourself. Because God has designed this not for us to serve the Sabbath, but for the Sabbath to serve us. Because God knows these principles, that if you will not follow this, you're going to kill yourself. You may be killing yourself slowly, but you may be limiting your life. You may be limiting your effectiveness in life. You may be li limiting how you are impacting others in your life because you're not keeping this day. So the question today, are you taking a time to rest in and relate to the king of your heart? that God is not just a pit stop in a NASCAR race, that he becomes the center and the focus and a time to be refreshed and recreated. Let's pray as we close. Father, I pray for that time for us, that we would be refreshed in you. This commandment to me, Lord, is so convicting. And it seems to be the one commandment that Christians are just okay with not listening to in the least, not paying attention to, not following, not desiring, not doing. And I just pray, Lord, for your conviction that we would learn how to rest in you, that we would learn how to be refreshed, that we would learn how to stop being so busy and start, start really hearing from you. Lord, I know that Satan's plan is to make us so busy that our relationship with you and our relationship with our spouse and our relationship with our kids and our friends, that that suffers greatly. Help us, Lord, to fight that battle by taking that time to make sure we sit and listen and rest in you. Father, we thank you for this day. Bless each one as they leave and help us, Lord, to be firmly following your truth. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com, and hit the Give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.